Now that we know more about what Innisfil is doing to change its future, you're probably asking yourself the same question I am. If these are such good ideas, why isn't everyone else doing it? The answer is that gradually, many are. Let's see where it all leads. There's so much opportunity to lead, and I think that the the benefit for the glory far outweighs any pressure from the skeptics. Innisfil is, is an interesting look at, at kind of risk aversion and also ambition. I think the, the most wonderful things emerge in the most unexpected places. This feels like we are at the beginning of something very big that's happening up here. Hi, I'm Jakara Small, and this is Episode 5 of Tech Town. The long-term effects of COVID-19 on how we live, work, and do business remains to be seen. But we already have evidence that an over-reliance on manufacturing in small towns in Canada can prove problematic if a big employer leaves. In the coming years, they're going to have to be able to adapt like never before. So are we likely to see more small towns adopt policies like Innisfil? Leyland Checo is a journalist who reports on Canada for The Guardian newspaper in the UK. We spoke to him back in episode one. I think it's 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 an interesting question, especially when we look at Innisfil. And I'll say I have family that live in really small towns out in BC. And a lot of those towns have had to quite literally pivot from being mining towns into something that will draw in and sustain an economy that, that isn't, you know, predicated on resource extraction or, or the local ski hill that, you know, a few years in a row of bad weather, it goes under. So I definitely understand a small town's desire to kind of pivot. And I think that a lot of things that Innisfil is doing is really exciting. Like they have maker spaces in the public library, there's 3D printers, there's there's great programming classes that are happening. And I think what's tough is that we often kind of talk about these pivots and, and kind of the, the, the ideas within that pivot is being kind of this homogenous entity. But like, it feels like we really need to kind of parse out the difference between paying your income taxes or property taxes in Bitcoin versus having, you know, a maker space at the public library, one of which makes a lot of sense. The other feels as though it gets you a quick headline and maybe is kind of more of a, a gimmick than, than something that is a sustainable uh, venture for a city to kind of embark on. And what felt for us in the early stage of the reporting is that the Uber as public transit kind of fell squarely in the middle of that. And that's what we were really interested in seeing is, is kind of, you know, where does the hype meet the reality? And so I think that, that communities across the country and, and the continent definitely are struggling that question of, of, of kind of is, is, is human movement shifts from, you know, rural to urbanization, but then also kind of an exodus from urban areas when it gets too expensive, kind of how do cities rebrand themselves in the 21st century as a place that can that can attract talent. There is some local precedent to all of this. For example, Kitchener-Waterloo has managed a similar change in direction. Jason Rayner, the Innisfil town strategist, thinks more towns are going to have to adopt this way of thinking if they want to thrive in the coming decades. Uh, the short answer is yes. I, I'm not sure that our specific solution necessarily applies to every municipality, you know, like the kind of tech uh, accelerator piece. But I do think that that uh, municipalities need to think about their economic development strategy in a different way. You know, there are only a handful of mega logistics distribution type centers, you know, that are outside of the GTA proper. Um, and so chasing that is kind of like chasing the needle in a haystack, Right. 
And let's be real, you know, a lot of those are going to be automated, robotics, you know, they're not going to be huge employers the way they once were anyways. Um, so I think, you know, when you're looking for local employment and supporting local employment, it's in the entrepreneur world, it's in the startup world, you know, it's in the scalable companies um, and people who genuinely want to, you know, have their business and their community at the same time. Like they want those things to coexist rather than sort of, you know, you have your work life and then you turn it off and then, you know, you're, you're, you're at home and you don't have anything to do with it, right? Whereas here we see a lot of that blending. And I think through COVID we've experienced this too, where, you know, that line between work and play, you know, is even narrower because, you know, you got to take care of the kids or go for a walk to get some fresh air, you know, and then back to work, this kind of thing. Canadian Federal Minister Mary Ng has also been keeping a close eye on these developments. Her portfolio includes small business and international trade. Innisville's approach has caught her attention, and the minister thinks some of the ideas can be replicated across Canada. I always think that um, that when there is a really good uh, example, that uh, sharing that and uh, sharing that with other communities is certainly useful. I think every community is probably different. I think they'll tell you that. But to be able to take essential elements of what you have done, uh, certainly it, uh, it, you know, who's to say that it may not work? I love what Innisfil has done in terms of partnering, for example, with Uber so that you can, you know, sort of transfer people around. Um, and that is, you know, that, that isn't something that you would n- naturally think of because you often think of that partnership as being an urban in, in an urban city. But here you are, Innisfil, I mean, and you've done a hackathon to look at how you might be able to provide solutions for COVID-19, how to help the community through COVID-19. That's extraordinary. And some of those ideas, which really is about bringing people together um, and and collaborating and finding solutions, I think some of those things are for sure replicable. Why not? In fact, the influence has already begun spreading. Grant Brigden, who had been helping the town solve some problems with parking congestion, has been working with other towns and cities as a direct result of his partnership with Innisfil. Places as varied as the town of Aurelia in Ontario and South Beach in Miami. Because of Innisfil, there's a lot of other townships and cities that have contacted us that are that are interested in doing the same sort of thing. So I think you're going to see a lot more of uh, these things start to roll out. So Innisfil has really been good for us and, uh, and Uber, I would say, as well, just because it's, it's a proof case to show that these things can work. And there's a lot of metrics and you know, there's people to talk to that you know, have the same kind of roles within certain townships so they can relate uh, and they can get a lot of information from the horse's mouth, so to speak, on, on these things being successful and working really well. So that's something that's definitely happened. You're starting to see uh, a lot of other cities and townships get interested in these types of solutions just because of the success of Innisfil. Good ideas tend to spread fast. There's another idea that's been spreading around the world in recent weeks and months. It's called the 15-minute city. It's having quite a moment. The phrase was coined by an urban planner who works for the city of Paris in France. And the plans were key to the city's mayor, Anne Hidalgo, getting re-elected this summer. It's also being advocated by the mayor of Milan in Italy and the C40, a network of the world's most influential megacities. The idea behind this concept is that people live in urban centers where cars are no longer necessary and everything is a 15-minute walk or bike ride away. More efficient, safer, and greener. If that all sounds familiar, you may remember it from episode two. 
Innisfil has already been working on a plan just like this for quite some time. Theirs is called the Orbit, and it'll be centered around a new ghost station that is proposed for the town. It's an encouraging sign for Innisfil that their decision making is in line with the top urban planners in the world, and sometimes even ahead of them. Alex Josephson is the Toronto-based architect who worked with Innisfil on that plan. Toronto is a super navel-gazing uh, city in terms of, like, I would say this. Toronto thinks that it's the center of gravity. It thinks that is it is the orbit for Canada. But fundamentally, things happen in the development and planning community in Toronto so opaquely and so slowly that, you know, Innisfil is like light speed compared to Toronto. And they're progressive. And, and this comes down to everything from urban planning to uh, technology to governance to uh, building technology and building uh, progressive building codes for timber potentially. Uh, I think that if you compare uh, Canada to other countries in the world, it's very clear that we are an innovation laggard right now. And Innisfil represents a kind of light uh, and a shining star in the Canadian municipal community's perspective when it comes to embracing new ideas and seeing them through and, and, and testing them out. So I would say that for everybody that's you know, listening that's a Torontonian, demand more, demand better and uh, be advocates regarding the quality of the built environment and the, and, and the kind of planning and development that the city's um, you know, engaged in. One of the things any town that's hoping to move in the same direction as Innisfil will have to do is build a culture that's conducive to change. That's often the hard part. Human beings are naturally risk averse, especially politicians. So often we find the election cycle is an obstacle to long-term planning. Who wants to spend money on something that another politician might get credit for in 10 years time? Right. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. Well, so I'm a bureaucrat, uh, and and you know I say that as proudly as I possibly can. So you know I hopefully I'm around for a while. Uh, I don't have the same political cycle as the politicians do, um, and and we try to think on the bureaucracy side, you know, in hundred year timelines, right? Like, what does the hundred years look like, and then how do we prepare for that? Because hopefully the governments are around for you know a long time. Um, but you're right. The political cycle inc- introduces a whole dynamic that is uh, can be really concerning when you're trying to do this kind of master planning um, and master visioning. I would say that in Innisfil, the advantage we have is we have a number of council members, including our mayor, who have been around already for 25 years. So they're, they, they have longevity, and so they know that and they've seen it happen where you plant some seeds, you know, 20 years ago, and today we're bearing the fruit or we're you know, enjoying the fruit of that tree. Um, and, and, and I would say not all politicians, you know, necessarily see that. Uh, but the ones that have been around or the ones that, you know, have seen it elsewhere in their previous kind of careers and lives and come into politics later, maybe, I think, appreciate that. So we're really lucky to have had a string of progressive councils that, give, that really get that. Um, but I would say they're also very, you know, they have high expectations of delivering core services and making sure that, you know, we're not innovating for innovation's sake, but we're taking our really, you know, uh, you know, intractable problems and figuring out solutions to them and, and deploying them, right? Like the Uber thing, you know. The town's mayor, Lynn Dolan, admits there is pressure to get things right. It is a bit of pressure, particularly for council. So I have to uh, give a 
big shout out to uh, Innisfil Council because the real pressure uh, of being first is that you're not always going to win. You're going to fail. And our motto's always been fail fast, fail together, and get on to something else. And while that's a good motto to have, it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes for councils because councils are traditionally risk adverse and for good reasons. We, we are spending taxpayers' dollars. And so when we do fail, it's on the front page of the paper and, um, you know, wasting taxpayers' dollars. So it, council has to be brave to be first. It's, it's much easier. They always say that the, the second mouse gets the cheese. It's much easier to be the second mouse and let someone else find all of the, um, the pitfalls first. But that's not who we are in Ennisville, and, um, and we've developed that reputation, and, and we're proud of that reputation. So where will all this lead? Predicting the future is a fool's errand. But as a long-term planner, Jason has a broad vision for the next decade. In 10 years, I see Innisfil as a place that has really come to grips with its own identity as an amazing place to live, to play, but also to work and is thinking and acting like a global leader, uh, recognizing that it doesn't have the resources, uh, you know, or the headaches, frankly, of some of the bigger places. And, we, and we're very purposeful, like, and I think Innisfil will be very purposeful about walking that tight balance, you know, that tightrope of, yeah, we want to think globally, work globally, uh, set our sights very high, but also protect what we think is really important, which is that community feeling, right? Um, and I'm not suggesting it's going to be easy, <laughs> but I think that's the objective. For Innisfil, the future looks bright. What used to be considered a space is now a place. Imagining a new rhythm of life is a daunting task. And even though being ambitious can be risky, every once in a while, the underdog comes out on top. If you'd like to find out more about anything you've heard in this series, visit innisfilaccelerates.ca or check the description for social media handles. Thanks for listening.